Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast. One D and D to rule them all. One D and D to find them. One D and D to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. My name is Martin O'Dwyer, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. And joining me, as always, is your co-host Connor O'Brien. How are you doing, Connor? Did you like my intro? And they call us a mine. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it was either going to be that one, or it was going to be the uh, "Shall I get you a box?" I knew it was, it was going to be one of those two. Or second breakfast. Oh, um, well, yeah, I'm doing good. Lenses, luncheon. I don't think he knows about those either, Pep. <laughs> I never, I never get over. Um, like J- Jacob Buds has that video. Like XP Level Three has that mm. video where they, um, he's like watching Lord of the Rings with me, and he's pointing out all the stuff that fans always point out. But there's, one, I think there's, one, I think you missed it. I'm not sure if you're in a while. There's one I never get tired of pointing out, and it's that scene where Pippin is asking about second breakfast. And our and our, an apple comes over, yeah. and Mary catches his, and he goes, oh, and he walks on. And the second one hits Pippin in the face and falls, but it hits him and falls to his right. And then in his left hand, he produces an apple, and it's like you were clearly holding that out of shot. And then when the apple hits you, you didn't need to catch it; you just had to hold that up. But if you look at it next time, it so clearly goes bang, and then down here, and then he raises the apple on this side. <laughs> Do you know what? In all the years and all the times I've watched the trilogy, uh, and as a massive a Tolkien fan as I am, that is my first time realizing that. I man, every time I watch the movies, um, either I will notice something different, or Tara will ask a question, and I'll be like, "Oh, do you know? I actually don't know," and we'll Google it then. But last night we were um, asking about why. it, it, it canonically, it's not really true, but for the sake of the movies, in the Hobbit, um, Thranduil points out that he wouldn't let Legolas marry a lowly Sylvan elf. Um, and we were like, what, what's, the, what's the difference? What's the difference if a mm. Sylvan elf? Is she not a wood elf like Legolas is? And she is, but Legolas's father and Thranduil's father are um, Sindarin elves, yeah. um, which are like a different type of elf. And they came to live, they moved into Mirkwood and uh, our Greenwood as well. Was it Greenwood first, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Greenwood and then became Mirkwood. And they moved in there and they kind of integrated themselves into Sylvan society and took on the kind of attributes of that culture and stuff like that. Um, So Legolas would have been raised a Sylvan slash woodland elf. Um, But also there's a whole thing, I'm pretty sure there's lines in the canon in Tolkien's writings where the Sundaran elves actively wanted to integrate in the culture you know, it's not like they looked down on the culture mm. of the Sylvans. They actively wanted to be part of it. So there's really no canonical reason why Thranduil would be like, oh, I look down on you small Sylvan elves and your your, your pitiful culture or something like that. Do you know what the reason is? I, I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but go on. Because <laughs> the, the Hobbit movies aren't great. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I I'm, being very, I'm being very kind there. <laughs> You're being exceptionally kind because I, I told you like two weeks ago that I myself and Tara were watching them, and you went on oh, yeah. and I, I, I was not I was not in a good mood that day anyway, <laughs> I, and like as soon as you said it, do you know what played in my head? The bit where Legolas runs up the falling bricks. That's what played in my head. I went, <clears throat> and I love Legolas. Legolas is awesome. That Legolas bothers is awesome. me. <laughs> but you know what I find actually so, now my scorching okay. hot take that the Hobbit movies aren't as good as the original trilogy. Uh, no, to be fair, they are not. Um, but there's, there's, I kind of, it's, it's a weird thing, okay? People, when it comes to Star Wars, for example, 
they they criticize and rip apart the prequels and the sequel trilogy and they say this is terrible and that's terrible but if you go back and watch the originals they are far from perfect movies you might really enjoy them but they are far from perfect movies luke kisses his sister in the second one and in the third one they're like we're siblings and they just kind of forget about the kiss and they gloss over it and it's like no one ever we fair, joke about it if you had like unknowingly kissed your sister and then found out you'd want to just forget about that yeah, for the yeah. rest of your life as well <laughs> like... but like they kind of just gloss over and no one ever points out that massive flaw in the continuity mm. where they clearly hadn't planned ahead to say that luke and leia were siblings and instead they wanted to continue that supposed uh love triangle of han and luke and leia or whatever yeah um and then likewise there's a similar thing where like people tend to glorify the lord of the rings films and they are amazing but they're not flawless either because when you think about legolas doing some of the stunts he does in um the hobbit they're like those if those stunts are like uh an 11 out of 10 or whatever mm -hmm. and he's overshooting the mark um then some of the shit he does in uh in the lord of the rings movies is just as goofy it's like a 10 it's he's at the line of how goofy he can be before it becomes ridiculous okay like. but the stunt guy did actually surf that shield down the stairs oh did he, he did cool. he actually <laughs> did that they, he, they had a wire oh, on man. him for safety but like they, he wasn't being suspended he actually surfed that shield down the stairs but i that I, that's what i'm saying though i mean people look at the movies and they're like oh it's so the, the Lord of the Rings is so good and Legolas is mm. such a badass but then Legolas does something that's only slightly oh, more you, or less probable do you know now, don't wrong, the gravity the gravity thing and the, yeah. the falling works is, or is way no, over the top I, but a bunch of other stuff he does is well within the range of what Legolas could have done in the Lord of the Rings he walked like if you watch the extended editions he literally walks on, on top of the snow yeah, yeah. Going over Redress. and like that's just cool That's I just like that there's him being like if you play Lego Lord of the Rings there's some segments where walking through deep snow slows your character it does not slow Legolas he walks on the surface I, would, really I cool. would have imagined he wouldn't have been in that game Lego Lord of the Rings yeah because it's Lego last <laughs> I hate you so much <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I caught it. I'm just glad I caught that. <laughs> so am I, honestly, because if I had to explain that joke, you know, like uh, explaining a joke and dissecting a frog, or they're, they're they're like the same thing in that, like you understand it better, but the frog is dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. Just talking. Just talking about the ridiculous stuff in the original. I'm gonna give a point to it towards it for that for the original trilogy, and it's something I always notice whenever I watch someone do like watching Lord of the Rings for the first time. When they when you get to um two towers and the wargs attack and Legolas is like wargs and he starts like sniping them with the bow and then all the horsemen run up behind him and he yeah. grabs on and he swings this way up around the horse then goes like flattens in the air and goes the entire other way around over Gimli's head and somehow and goes land. boom down in front of him yeah no, that it no. makes no sense <laughs> just like, completely ignoring physics yeah the like, momentum doesn't work that way friend and but weirdly no problem at all with him climbing arrow actually the arrow climbing makes sense in context of walking on top of the snow because he's like if he's light enough to walk on top of the snow he could yeah and arrows. i mean like but like the, I, I can, the surfing down so can he uh but the, <laughs> the surfing down the mama kills trunk and off at the end yeah very cool hilarious <laughs> just ridiculous oh, very cool hilarious probably belonged in jungle book and not in lord of the rings yes yes oh yeah. god and the reason i quoted that is because today we're going to talk about one D, &D which when i told someone uh i was away for the weekend and was talking to someone i work with who also does uh who also plays a lot of D, &D and really enjoys it and when i told him it was like oh yeah do you know which i basically said oh do you hear about the kind of 6e 5.5 stuff 
And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, 1D&D &D it's called. He was like, ooh, is that what it's going to be called? Like, 1D&D? &D? I was like, well, no, it's probably going to be, like, 6E or 5.5. Because, if you remember, 5E was originally called D&D &D Next. Uh, it was, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's... They, may, they, they, may, they may come up with something like that. Honestly, I don't think 1D&D &D is that bad. I think it's, uh, it's, it's better than when they named Xbox One Xbox One. Because I always thought that was such a bad name. No, do you know what was the worst name? The Xbox One X. Oh yeah! Oh god, that was um, horrendous. Um, but we'll stop. We'll, we'll stop. You, you, you got to love Sony just sticking to the one, two, three, four, oh, five. Like. Oh my god! And the death blow they got in them in the last generation when there was all the controversy about sharing games on the Xbox, and Sony put out like a thirty-second video how to share a game on the PS on PlayStation, and it was like the guy who runs Sony just handing a game to another guy. He's like, when you want to share a game with a friend, just do this. Yeah. <laughs> that was so uh, good. That was one of the, like you know for a fact that was not like because obviously their presentations mm. would have been approved like months in advance. You know that wasn't and just backstage they were they saw the Xbox presentation and they were like we can totally rip yeah. them apart here. I, I, I like I can imagine the smile on the face of the marketing guy who came up with that when it was approved. Like yeah, oh man, oh, so funny. so good. Um, so yeah, we had the big big announcement during the week that uh, basically the next generation of D and is being brought out piece by piece now so uh, they announced a lot of really cool stuff um, a bunch of books there's an entire Giants book coming out next year which I'm very excited for yeah. which I kind of should have really seen coming really with the Giant options in Arcticana um, but somehow didn't yeah we actually probably <laughs> like we did a whole episode on that and we still didn't and we didn't I want once go Jesus maybe they're doing the Giants book to be fair we did a whole episode on that and took a break for a month and a half so that's very true that's very true yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I honestly until you mentioned it just now I completely forgot those giant options existed yeah <laughs> go watch your video on giant options it's really good um, yeah. but yeah the, uh, we've got the giant options we've got well the Dragonlance book we all kind of knew about but the cover is sick the Death Knight cover the alt, the alt cover is so oh. cool man Sorry, I got a slight, uh, just little sensitive about Death Knights recently though from, from uh, 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 events in our own game um, I last week I had the guys in our home game fight. They, well, okay, they weren't Death Knights because I, but I used the Death Knight as a stat block for these four homebrew knights, and I had the lads fighting four basically equivalent Death Knights in a battle, and it was a it was a nine round fight by the way. That took the entire mm -hmm. night, entire session. And that that was still like midnight. That was like we started playing like what like half seven, half seven eight. eight, yeah, around yeah. around that time till about half twelve, and yeah. holy crap, he beat my ass oh my god that one guy I was one and one and just you know, the first time you rolled and it was like yeah you take 12 half to 6 bludgeoning I was like okay okay and I was waiting for like maybe like 2 or 3d6 and you're like and 26 points of thunder and I was <laughs> like what yeah. holy shit but yeah I, they, they, I think he had um, I think he had like 8 or 4d8 no he wasn't it was like 4d12 uh, or something like it was really really beefy <laughs> It was two d six for his maul for yeah, his regular yeah. maul, and then it was like four d twelve or something for his uh for his thunder damage on top of that. But I I, I calculated each of them, so each of the four knights does approximately the same mm. damage, just spread out over different attacks. One of the knights has five attacks, but she doesn't hit very hard, but she hits five times. Yeah. Um, and this guy only hits twice, but his each attack will absolutely wreck you. It it absolutely did, yeah. That was really cool though, because I I got the drop unconscious and then. 
Aerith Gavin got to use uh, Blood Curse of the Fallen Puppet to make me attack him once and we killed him. Yeah. That yeah. was really cool. And I really Blood liked Hunter's that. Awesome. Blood Hunters, God, I gotta play a Blood Hunter soon. I might be. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how we're, it uh, We are teetering on the edge of a TPK at the end of that session. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen right now. I'm, I, I'm at a loss here. I'm so scared. So, the steering wheel has come away from the shaft, and I don't. I have no control of the vehicle anymore. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Like I was like, I really like this character in the story, and I want to finish the story. And oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. And I was there, like trying to make new characters and stuff. Trying, and my brain was just like screaming at me, going, "What have you done? What have you done?" Oh god, sorry, Death Knight's entire tangent there. But yeah, we got we have our, our Crin book. We have that. Um, they announced one thing I'm really, 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 really excited about is the virtual tabletop, the D and D proprietary virtual yeah. tabletop in the Unreal Engine. Like that's that's oh my god, that's really that's big. insane. And I love um, and from what they've kind of said, they've not released a ton of information about it, but what they've said is that like you can have we'll have like I think they're gonna do like pre-built sets for that stuff, and then like you can break that apart and kind yeah. of make up your very much like the kind of three D. Um, maps that I have there where you can kind of modularly break yeah. it together and put, and it looks really cool and it's got like lighting effects and all this kind of crazy stuff. It kind of it kind of sounded when they were describing it like um, the pre-made sets will be ones that are designed specifically for published adventures mm-hmm. because they said going forward now that they, now that they own D and D Beyond because the whole th- reason that you couldn't just buy a book from Wizards and then get a promo code to get the digital copy on D&D Beyond is because previously they were separate companies. Yeah. Now D&D uh, or Wizards have acquired D&D Beyond and because it's by the same ownership they can probably introduce a model going forward where you can buy the physical, the digital or the physical and digital together and you'd have both a physical copy sent to you or whatever and um, a, a copy on your D&D Beyond as well. Um, and it seems like what they want to do is with adventures going forward the maps will probably be pre-made and you'll be like, yeah, you want to run this on a digital, uh, on the VTT? Excellent. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it's already pre-made. You don't have to like try to recreate this picture from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then you can go in and you can customize it or tear it apart and rebuild it in a different way and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's all very, very, very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm curious how much like uptake the VTT will be, but like, I'd imagine quite a lot considering a lot of people do just play it through like Discord or, or over yeah. like, Roll20 or something like that. Um, Vet roll twenty are terrified. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be to be fair, it's a, it's there's there's, a, there's an aspect of it where like if you're so if you're invested to a certain degree in one platform, mm. you're not gonna go changing. Like you know, it's like yeah. if you if you own an iPhone and an iPad and uh, you know all these other Apple accessories, you're probably not gonna go changing to Samsung just because the new phone they have is really good because you'd have to redo your entire. Yeah ecosystem likewise if you've invested a lot of money in roll 20 to buy tokens and have all those premium tokens and stuff or custom make maps that you mm-hmm. use in your campaign you're probably not going to uh to jump ship unless it's really good <laughs> unless it's really good and we'll see i mean yeah. honestly i my concern is that it looks really good how expensive is that going to be yeah that's the thing like and i'm i'm curious about that and i'm curious how cost is going to work with the physical digital bundles because they did say they were going to do the physical digital bundles and like, mm-hmm. like a D and D book isn't cheap. Like they like I was no um like Spelljammer there is like forty nine ninety nine dollars, and that like I think it's around the same in euros, which is not how that conversion rate should go. Uh well, technically we should be paying more at the moment, right? Because the dollar's oh, yeah. ahead of the euro, I think right now. Crap, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm thinking of like six months. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm thinking of about six months ago and also for all of time. Yeah, 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 for every other time. <laughs> because the euro has always been ahead of the dollar up until recently. Yeah. Um, but no, there's that, and then like um, uh, on top of that, then if we buy them physically in our local store because they're imported to Ireland, yes. there's a markup on those. Usually paying like paying like sixty odd yeah, quid. It's, for about, it. it's if you want a physical book, yeah, it's probably about 50, 60 quid easy. Yeah, yeah. Which like that's um, that for reference about the same price as like a top a triple A like physical copy digital uh, physical copy video again yeah yeah which you know what I mean I, I don't mind and also like I like supporting our local store yeah. and stuff like that they're always really handy uh, our local store is like our local store does not have a functional cash register it's essentially a drawer um, and they when they want to like record their uh, their sales they literally go yeah what do you mind cool and they check the code and they write the code and the name in a book quantity one and then they like take your money and they, they give you a change but like that's their way of recording inventory our, our local game store is old school have, um but they are they are very helpful inside and very nice dude do you know what's hilarious actually because I, I was waiting i was in i was in town recently i was like, waiting to get paid i get a lift and get picked up in town and to go home and like i was standing outside the, that our, our local game shop and uh, i was just there and i just kind of i just turned around and like looked in the, the in the window because they all they have always have like a, a display window set but like yeah usually like warhammer figs or something because they have like Oh, loads of those and like kind of all the other stuff and I was just like looking I'm like oh yeah they're cool while I was waiting to get picked up and like legitimately dude opened the front door walked I was like you alright there is you anything anything are, do you need any help or anything or do you want to have a look and I was like I'm okay dude I'm not even in the shop man like that's impressive yeah, customer yeah. service but I'm not I'm, I'm fine like I'm not even in the shop like, I know I know who you're talking about he's a sound dude different guy oh really yeah yeah, yeah. Different guy. Oh no way! Okay, I yeah. thought you talking about the owner. Like no, 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 not him. No, different, oh, different okay. guy. Never but that, that the owner is really nice. It's actually a really nice shop. It's just very old. School. It is. It's fun. It's kind it's of. It's very fun. old school. They don't have card machines or yeah, anything yeah, like. Yeah, but yeah. again, if you go in and you need something, if they don't have it, he'll take your name. He'll order it in for yeah. you. He's very good like that. So they're, all, they're awesome. Yeah, they're actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a, it's a cool place to hang out as well. Because they, when they're not like they obviously it's a shop for yeah. that, but they have a big table in the middle, and anytime you walk in. You'll either find people playing a game or three or four people sitting down all painting minis just chatting to each yeah, other as well. It's it's a it's a very nice place to spend like about half an hour while you're just kind of looking through books and stuff and if there's people there you can have a chat and stuff. Yeah. And they do they really they do, they do, they do like painting classes and stuff like that. And, and obviously they run games and stuff and they do like they do the run usual, games as well. The usual yeah. like game shops up like Friday Night Magic and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. Actually, do you remember that I was we're like cause this all comes from the D the one D D live stream that happened on Thursday. And did you watch that? I kind of mostly got like uh, yeah. a couple of extra videos and highlights and stuff like that and articles. I like had it on in the background while I was finishing the end of my shift and work, uh, and like I remember at one point I was like looking at this screen doing work stuff and then like I looked over, and like they're like we're gonna sh we're gonna show you a trailer for Friday Night Magic with Post Malone, and it was like literally <laughs> Post Malone wandered in with a bunch of lads and he's there like shuffling like riffle shuffling cards like a pro and. Post Malone really loves magic, which is just something I never thought I'd <laughs> Post Malone's a cool dude. He yeah. um, there's a what's that guy? Um, the is it Jay's PCs or? Oh, uh, Linus Tactics. No, no, it's a guy named Jay. Jay's Two Cents is the name oh. of the channel. Um, yeah, he builds PCs. He's his own business building PCs, but he he's built a PC for Terry Crews, and he designed the whole thing to look like an Old Spice bottle. Oh my god, um, that's so cool! And he built one for Post Malone, and uh, Post Malone has some signature drink he really likes. So I can't remember what it is. Um, it's like a beer that he loves or whatever, and he designed the whole thing to look like beer, like a beer it's bottle. Like it had like yellow and... ribbon or something like that, is it? Maybe I can't yeah, remember. If he feels like a guy who drink that really crappy beer. 
he he built he builds it and then he comes and he brings it to Post Malone's apartment or whatever and he showed it to him and they were chatting and all that and he was showing him all the features and obviously he puts in all these cool water cool features and and lighting effects and stuff like that on it and he's like oh yeah we got this glass custom etched for you and it's like it's got like Post Malone or what and and the name of the beer or something on it like that it was really cool yeah. um but yeah, he's he's pure into like gaming and stuff like that, so I'm not I'm not totally surprised they'd be into magic as well. Uh yeah, I guess it's kinda of like judging the book by its cover there, considered like all the face tattoos and being like a famous rapper and stuff. Yeah. Me judging someone for having tattoos is a bit hypocritical. <laughs> like, yeah. Just a smidge. Just, just a, smidge. a smidge. But yeah, to uh, a bit more on topic. Um today we're gonna have a bit of a deeper chat about some of the newer playtest material that was announced because the the whole the live stream was awesome and fun and lots of cool stuff is confirmed. Uh, including well those spells ever was already confirmed 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 um, but including that um, they announced like in the new playtest material and they put out the first of their what we're both assuming is going to be a fairly lengthy series of unearthed arcanas they said they're about a year to a year and a half of mm. monthly so you're looking at about 12 to 18 unearthed arcanas I didn't realise it was going to be I, I must have missed that I didn't realise it was going to be monthly monthly I thought it was going to be I, like, I, I, I watched a video with Todd like Kenrick and Crawford um, I'm so happy Ty Kenrick said, is back doing that stuff for D&D Beyond because yeah, he's so good at it he really is and like he, you, he, it's fun because he's excited he's not just asking questions yeah. he's excited about the stuff they're talking about and he can but yeah, um, Crawford mentioned that they'll they'll have about a year to a year and a half's worth of stuff that will bring them basically into the start of 24 and at some point in 24 this this new player's handbook and, and, and I think I think we're getting three new books I think we're getting new Dungeon Masters and new player's handbook uh, and maybe a new Monster Manual, don't quote me in that last one though, I'm not sure. Um, I'd imagine but that, that is, yeah, yeah, we're looking at about like that they just like fold everything into like it's gonna be like this back and thick, like but it'll be a big monster manual. It's a... well, it probably won't step on Mordenkainen's because yeah. Mordenkainen's is essentially Xanathar's and uh, not Xanathar's Mordenkainen's other book yeah. and Volos uh, together. Mordenkainen's, there's like oh, whoops, apologies folks Mod- for uh, if you heard a Facebook pop there, uh, I meant to close, I meant to close that. I usually say uh, that. Apologies. No good. But uh, yeah, so I mean that—that's already those two books in combination and updated with a new way they're doing monsters as well. Yeah. So if we get a new monster uh, manual, it'll probably have updated stat blocks for each of the monsters that are already in that book. Yeah, I—it's—it's I, it's cool actually because I was making uh, a character <laughs> for <laughs> panic reasons, um, and yeah. you can toggle legacy or non-legacy at the moment when you go into sure, yeah. it. It's really cool. Like shrink everything down. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yes. Um, the first of these playtest materials that they released then was the um character or like um character origins. Character origins. Called. Thank you. I could not yeah. get that word out. Dear God. By Jeremy Crawford, Chris Perkins, and Ray Winnegar. Yes, and uh, it's quite like the uh Donarthicana that they brought out like a while back. That was like fourteen pages long. It was. It's a big boy. It's like a twenty. This is twenty one pages. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Twenty one page Donarthicana. And like to be fair, a lot of it is just kind of like general text and explaining why they're doing some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of new changes and a lot like I know when we were looking at um the updates from monsters and multiverse to like races and stuff like that for players, you're saying like a lot of races got buffs and, and nerfs and quality buffs and quality of life stuff and like lots of really good stuff. And this They is also like, took out sub races yeah. as well and kind of rolled a lot of the races the sub races into just the base race with yeah. some optional features incorporated and they seem to have done that here as well. Yeah, it's it's very uh it's been super interesting, um and backgrounds in particular have really, really changed. 
like oh yeah like, oh my what god they do so uh what did what to do at the moment is uh so for it's called determining your origin and so there's three things that kind of determine your origin at the moment as they list it um and it's uh, your race your background your language language definitely the least impactful of all three and i don't even know really why they put that there but i can kind of get it like you know like i feel i feel like language kind of language was always part of something you've got from your race and your yeah. background having that as a third point almost seems arbitrary when you could just have it rolled into one of the other two but yeah, yeah i mean it's yeah it's there i i say that and like all that's rattling around in my head is that old like irish um that old irish phrase like tear gun changa tear gun anim you know a country without a language is a country without a soul that's uh that's a fair point uh, uh i i get but I, well i mean look that that's a fair point real world i'm talking about yeah. mechanically oh, in the yeah, game yeah. i feel like no. like you know dignifying or not dignifying but yeah. uh making this distinct of its own point if you list. uh now they have some stuff in there some but it's 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 honestly just more of a um a reiterating of what languages already were in yeah. the game and like uh do you give like an overview of your, like, your character origins and stuff and a lot of it is very obvious is what i would say is kind of the way they kind of describe it like oh your creature type every character in a monster and monster in the game has a creature type I was like did we really need that to be on this 21 page document well i think that is kind of relevant <clears throat> just because we've seen i think since they started doing the fairy stuff i can't quite remember but they started i think it was the fairy stuff was the first one to do it and they were like this creature is fey yeah its creature type is fey it, it is like it's a. I, I don't think it qualifies as a like human order anymore. With the, like with Eldrin, and they're like, you are an Eldrin, but for all effects that would affect an elf, you are considered an elf. Sort of. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no. Do you know what? I think actually the first time they did it was the undead stuff, um, for Van Richten. So I think about it, because that came first. Yeah. Um, and they specified that you count as undead for X, Y, and Z reason. Um, and I mean, so, so I think that's why because they want to not just have every person be like you're humanoid blah 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 yeah. but like you know you can have distinct um you can be part of the the the, the uh different categories of creature that exists in in the dnd multiverse um which i think it makes up some interesting stuff particularly when it comes to spells and stuff like certain spells affect fey fiends and undead and stuff like that so that could be kind of an interesting way to to shake up things in the game because all of a sudden that uh that a fairy character who was maybe previously a human in a different campaign now can't pass into your circle of uh, protection. What's it called? Uh, magic circle. Magic circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they that, can't uh, pass into that because you know. Yeah, or if you count, if you suddenly count as an undead, that oathbreaker paladin is going to hit you a lot harder. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, it's very, very cool. Um, they've fairly significantly shifted around the balance of power between um your like racial origin and your um, background. Whereas previously yeah. your uh, your origin or your, or your lineage or your race or whatever way you want to refer to it, uh, whatever makes you feel good, um, that used to determine your stats. Most of the time, a plus two, plus a plus two, and a plus one. Very rare cases, a plus two, plus two. Um, now that's basically all entirely decided by your background. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, they uh, just actually while we're on the topic there, I did think about it earlier today, and one of the things I've seen on Twitter are people actually don't like because obviously this is a, a ua it, mm. it's meant to be test material yeah. um and if you don't like something or you think this needs to be tweaked or this could be better the whole point of this is you read through it you mark off the bits you highlight the bits you do or don't like and mm. then you go to the feedback and you offer it in, in the survey and you say hey i think this needs to be changed yeah. because they, they they're coming to us asking for our opinion they want the community to help cultivate and design what the next iteration of dungeons and dragons will be exactly. um, and with that 
a lot of people are pointing out that the use of the word race is still very problematic yeah uh, which i get because i mean in real life race is an artificial construct um it's not a real thing mm. uh, so a lot of people suggesting uh heritage or lineage or ancestry as an alternative and they kind I personally of like moved away from that word as well like they made a whole thing about it when they re did redo the origins that stuff like they, they specifically went lineage like rather than race on it. yeah uh, and so it, it's a bit of a weird one to kind of almost backstep a little bit yeah um again it's test material so hopefully enough people will be like hey you missed this and then they can go forward with mm -hmm. whatever i personally think that ancestry is the best option because then what you'd have is your ancestry background uh, class so yes. you got your abcs oh god connor <laughs> i didn't even see that coming oh my god <laughs> i like i like do i do agree though i think ancestry would be the way to go with it yeah yeah um so hopefully we'll we'll and, and i mean like this this ua does have a lot of um language they're tweaking the language of D, &D in terms of, as in how rules and how classes and how the actual structure of the game is written um one of them for example this is jumping ahead a little bit yeah. they have what's called a d20 test now yes. I so rather than I like that i actually like that yeah oh same same because previously anytime that they wanted to tell you that you could do such and such a thing with an attack roll ability check or saving throw they would have to say attack roll ability check or saving throw now they're just grouping all them and that's called a d20 check or D20 test, sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. And stuff, stuff like that, and re, you know, not recycling, but uh, reinventing the language a little bit mm. could definitely, you know, be a, a bit of a fresh coat of paint on the on the game. Totally, and with stuff like that, I think you can really tell that they've learned from the success oh, yeah. of 5e, and you can see where they've seen seen like streamlines. And, and like, it's just so much easier to explain as well, like anytime you roll a D20, you can do this now. Because like I have abilities with log that are like you can do a, you can give advantage or disadvantage on an attack attack roll ability check or saving throw and every time you have to I get advantage or disadvantage on attack roll and it's a mouthful like Jesus yeah yeah it's one of those things I've said so much that I just kind of rattle it off as almost as like one continuous word it's just yeah. one phrase that just comes paired it's like learning prayers um, as a child or something just blah, 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 blah. yeah oh god yeah you know when the indoctrination kicked in oh god um, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have creature type at uh, size, which is pretty pretty mm. normal. They have included, and we'll get onto it in a bit with the race when we talk about the the updates to the ancestries or races, whatever mm. we're calling them. Um, uh, in that, uh, some of the races now include a a small option. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. not not just halflings and gnomes, or other humans. races like tieflings and humans and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, because as Crawford pointed out in that video, I was watching. Um, in real life, there are people who are, you know, size medium and size small. They're they're different size people, so yeah. they offer that to you now. Um, and I don't think that like, I don't think if anyone wanted to um, play a smaller person um, in their D and D game uh, as an elf, I, I I would find it hard to believe that any halfway decent DM would deny that to you. Um, I think you would be fine, but it's also nice to ha show that in the book that is represented and that yeah. the option is there in writing. You know? Yeah, there was one thing that they actually really emphasized in the live stream as well when they were talking about the stuff and it's they want to they want anyone to be able to see themselves in the indie like you, you see themselves exactly, in the fantasy yeah. in the adventure and like yeah if you like i have like if a player came to me was like oh, i want to play like a three foot tall human I'm like yeah no problem like not an issue like, yeah like gnomes and stuff like this like where's that where's that a problem like exactly um, we also have speed nothing's really changed there as functions as it has lifespan is kind of returned because previously they were kind of i felt like they were weirdly dancing around um lifespans mm -hmm. or, or whatever for creatures because they would be like oh um 
they'd say when this new creature came out like lifespan and they'd be like this creature lives approximately the same length of time as any other humanoid creature in your world or in fancy world and i'm like that also that always seems like a bit of a cop-out because i feel like well, especially when it came to like elves and dwarves, because I'm like elves and dwarves, we know because of Tolkien kind of solidified that in the in the fa- concrete foundations of what fantasy is, yeah. um, that they live longer, that they are much uh, much slower aging creatures yeah. than um, than humans, and, that and that's part of the fantasy. Yeah, that even became like a story point towards the end of our first campaign because most of the party were we had three elves and a dwarf, and then we had a dragonborn. So like, ninety percent of the party is going to live for like several hundred years, and then the dragonborn yeah. lives for like fifty. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, oh, and like he was already like twenty something. Yeah, he yeah, like, like, years left, but... yeah, yeah. He didn't have a lot of time left. Meanwhile, yeah. I was like an eighty-five-year-old elf. Was like, I'm basically barely an adult. Yeah, and that was a thing as well because um, at one point in that campaign, you also went forward in time, and you but you went forward a few hundred years, but all your characters had been killed off mm. or disappeared, um, and uh, the daughter of one of the party mm. um, was now about. 200 or 300 years old as an elf but she was still around to explain yeah my mother did this before she died and she told me to tell you guys this thing and all this kind of stuff so that was very um, true that's still one of my favorite i, I, I think part of the, the fantasy thing is mm. is elves should absolutely live to be seven eight hundred years old yeah. and dwarves absolutely live to be four or five hundred years old um another classification here is special uh, special traits but that's just more or less the, the abilities you get from your ancestry um whether it be a dragonborn breathing fire or your um, your elven trance ability yeah. yeah stuff like that yeah um and backgrounds sorry i'm just there's another clarification in here for backgrounds um so basically you have the backgrounds now we're kind of made up of like six parts six parts yeah um which is ability scores yeah. um so backgrounds your ability scores now tied to your backgrounds which i feel again is makes sense they were previously tied to your your ancestry yeah. now they are tied then they were tied to nothing they were just kind of free floating and it's just like you pick whatever ones you want and now they're tied to your background which to me makes the most sense because i, I think that's if what you're... should have been from the start but obviously it's realistically kind of yeah died in the wool with fancy that oh you pick like it's on every like fancy games like oh you pick the northmen and they have like they're very good with cold and they're stocky and they're strong and it's like you get a plus two to strength and you've got it like but like realistically, yeah. Or if I want to play a Northman wizard, and then yeah. you know. But like, but realistically, that's not what like with an ability scores. What you're trying to, it, I guess, what you're trying to represent is like your physical characteristics, but and like the the way like what you're capable of. But that really isn't determined by your ancestry. That's determined by like how you live your life and what you've done through your life. That has oh, the point you become yeah, an adventure. That has like formed yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Um, like. <laughs> like Olympic weightlifters don't become Olympic weightlifters because of their ancestry. <laughs> they do that because they spend years training. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, skill proficiencies, tool proficiencies, languages. Um. Skip over one. Equipment. All the equipment now. Yes. Uh, they mentioned this in the video. All the equipment is equally valued. Um. So certain backgrounds don't have more expensive equipment than another. They took the exact same gold cost, and if you add up all the items in it, it works out the exact same across the board. That must um, have been and a then finally, fun job to do. Yeah, <laughs> just on a, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the big one here is that feet. You also, everyone gets one first level feet. Yeah, sorry, first level, because feet now have level and prerequisite yes. requirements. Um, but you, everyone gets one first level feet as part of their background. Also, there's been a restructuring with backgrounds in that they are no longer... Previously, if you read the player's handbook from 2014, mm-hmm. you have my lovely faded copy here. Um, oh, I actually have have mine behind me as well. Yours is almost certainly a better condition than mine. Mine is pink on the on the top here because the sun got at it. 
Yay. Um, oh no, mine is. Oh jeez, there's dents all over this thing. What happened? Are you rolling <laughs> dice on top of it? Do you know what? That's like very, metal dice? very possible. Very possible. Because yeah. I've been chunky by metal dice. Um, but yeah, they've restructured it. So previously, if you read, if you read this book, um, the way the backgrounds work is that they give you a whole bunch of background options. But as an alternate option, you can do so. You can design a custom background. Now, the way that they're kind of approaching it is that the custom background is actually the uh, the initial or the, or the the first option. Mm -hmm. And if you want the the backup or the alternate, is actually picking one of the pre-made ones. Um, because they want you to have more customization over your character and stuff like that, which I, I very much comes through with everything that's yeah. uh, that's re represented in this in this UA. It is, and the feats you get are quite good. Like there's some, like they're yeah. they're not like they're not insignificant. Like you get stuff like tough from your backgrounds now. Like if you're a uh, it's tough at first level one. Tough. There's uh, one or two of the backgrounds that I remember looking through. Um, you get tougher. Like I think you're a, if you're like a farmer, you get tough. Uh, oh, I think you're right. Actually, also there's a farmer background. Yeah. That so <laughs> there's some really fun new ones like crafters and laborers and stuff like that. But uh, we, yeah. there's also been uh, some fairly significant changes to. I guess we'll just we can continue to call them ancestries. I guess um, I think that's a good way to refer to them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so for as as we can, we've got the first one, human. Like they don't really change how they describe humans. You're you're typically like you're everywhere and you're super adaptable and you very much make where you go your home and you bring that with you and all this kind of stuff um which so it's all good um but their traits now uh creature type humanoid again we've as connor mentioned earlier you can you can either be medium or small which is awesome um 30 feet of speed and lifespan 80 years on average that's a damn good average <laughs> uh and then, look when you when you live in a world where revivify is only 300 gold pieces away uh, and magic and yeah. healing yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I've often thought about that with my characters. Like when, whenever Vaskin used to shoot people with arrows, just at at the drop of a hat, he's like, "I have cure wounds. I'll just pull it out and cure him. It's fine. Don't worry about." Yeah, I've always had, I've always had a weird idea about like, like magical healing would change the concept of pain. Like yeah, because like there's no recovery time. Like honestly, I I I could see there being gladiator fights or even like nobles dueling each other, but for blood. And it's like, yeah, you can totally stab that dude uh, and draw first blood, not just by cutting him, yeah. but by stabbing him through the chest. And it's fine because we have clerics that wait at the sideline of a fight, and they will rush in and heal him as soon as he goes down. And then, but you know, you won because you got the killing blow, only he's not dead. I guess you're literally describing an arena I put in my world. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, humans also get these special traits. Uh, you get resourceful, you gain inspiration whenever you finish a long rest. Uh, skillful, you gain proficiency in one skill of your choice. And versatile, you gain the skilled feat, so three skills, or you gain another first level feat of your choice. So if you want to make like a skill monkey character, human seems to be the way to go now. Human bad rogue. <laughs> oh god, man, a new proficiency in everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, it's interesting that um, I've a few times throughout this UA they rather because a lot of the, we kind of talked before they're moving a lot of stuff to like um, proficiency bonus times a day, but yeah. certain things specifically if tied to long rests and I think that's I think it's probably a way of gating power I'd imagine because uh, like inspiration also changed. Yes, so inspiration previously was very free floating and on, I I never used it because honestly I found it very difficult to judge when to award it I, and like i would always award it you do they advise awarding it when like a player does something fun or creative or unique i have a really good and example like... actually um so in yeah. on my in my game on friday uh 
Mandry or Druid use Scry to scry on an ally NPC. Um, and he saw him like he's, he's basically like a a privateer that uh, is is loyal to our pi- our pirate rogue. Uh, and he runs a a group called the Anglers. They take they're like fighting monsters in a specific area at the moment. So Mandry scryed on him and saw him. And I was like, okay, and you and I assume you're you're relaying all this to because it was just him and, and the rogue Randier on the Decular Skyship while they're doing this. Um, and I was like, I assume you're relaying all this to Randier. And he goes, No, I you I cast uh, control water and I use that to like animate the scene I've just seen. Yeah, that's cool. That's so I was like, cool. that's inspiration because that's probably the coolest way I've ever seen someone use control water. Yeah. Oh, shape water it was sorry, shape water. Shape water, yeah, because you can you can make it take forms and stuff, yeah. yeah. Like it, it, that that's like a little hologram like you'd see in the Star Wars. I, I said like you literally and... just did the thing that's a scene from Shang Chi. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that's so cool. I was like, I had to, I just had to, because it was like, so rarely am I surprised, like by the use of a spell by a player. Mike, we talked about this before. Mike, Mike is Mike is a a, a bit of a. He he's a rogue in real life because yeah. he he comes at you out of nowhere and completely takes you off guard. Um, because he he he's th- he's thinking about these things, but he never lets on that he's thinking about them. And then at a, at a very opportune moment, he will just go, "Oh, by the way, I do this," and you're like, "Yeah, the the rules say you can do that." Oh my god! <laughs> I, I I feel I don't do that because I have an extremely strong I'm thinking face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. After humans, we actually get a brand new race, which is pretty cool. It's really interesting. Oh, quite quickly, actually, yeah. the the way inspiration works now. Sorry, yes, please. Uh, so instead of being awarded the way it was, where it's just kind of a random thing you hand out, um, and I, I found that difficult because I'd find that the same people at a table of a group of four or five would be the ones who are being creative or trying new things, and some people are just there to play the game as it is written, and that's that's perfectly fine as well, but you don't feel as obligated to award those people inspiration so you end up rewarding the same two or three people inspiration over and over and not other people uh with this basically anytime you roll a natural 20 uh for any reason in the game on a on a d20 test as it's now called um you just get inspiration and you can't have more than one you're mm. still limited to one so if you have one already um you it, it, it doesn't stack up mm. and what you can do because uh, crawford said this in a video if you have inspiration and you roll a 20 and you don't have space for another inspiration you can pass it off to one of your allies in the party. Oh, I I didn't I haven't seen I haven't seen that video. I really like that. I yeah, really, that's really, really cool. That. Um, yeah, that, no, that's really cool and really and really awesome. And like the fact that you get, I love the way they phrased in this as well because they said like, when you roll a natural twenty in a d twenty test, I'm getting I'm getting used to I'm getting used to there in you go. D20, the language in a d twenty test. Um, when you roll a natural twenty, so like because it's such an infrequent occurrence, um, it's a special thing. So like they're, they're, I like I like basically I like, I like that they're making nat twenties more special other than just everyone at the table going nat twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still my, one of my favorite things in all of D anD. d But yes, we now have a new race. Ancestry, ancestry, Martin. Ancestry. The Ardling. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna handle the Ardling, Connor? Oh sure. Uh, so Ardlings are a weird one for me, yeah. but um, Ardlings are, um, they're kind of meant to be the opposite of tieflings and this is why they're weird yeah. because the opposite of a tiefling is, is an asimar and, and like asimar aren't included in this but i assume um, well they, they would they would have been volos i think asimar yes. are now in modern kind they've done a similar thing where like when you get the third level as an asimar you have a celestial revelation and that's yeah. then that's where you choose basically what was previously fallen asimar scourge asimar protector asimar mm-hmm. so uh uh, just to kind of get a bit of insight into them, Ardings are are su- uh, supernal yeah. uh, uh, beings. 
uh, who are either born in the upper plains or have one or more ancestors who originate there. Their bright souls shine with the light of immortal beings who call the upper plains, plains home. The Arling has a head resembling that of an animal, typically one of virtuous associations. Uh, depending on the animal, the Arling might also have soft fur, downy feathers, or uh, supple bare skin. Uh, the Ardling celestial legacy determines the animal uh, the animal it resembles. An Ardling gains a measure of magical power from their uh, ancestral legacy, as well as the ability to manifest spectral wings. An Ardling, uh, an Ardling's moral and ethical outlook is determined, however, not fixed. Is determined. Is self sorry, self determined, not fixed by its ancestry. Yeah. And the three types are exalted: the fierce passions of Arborea, the heroic character of Isgard, and the wondrous nature of the Beastlands. Call to Ardlings who have uh, who have the exalted celestial legacy. Their celestial ancestors have heroic champions of the chaotic good planes. Uh, the heavenly one, blissful harmony of Arcadia, the unwavering justice of Mount Celestia, and the bucolic. I did look this up. It's it's like it's basically like saying um, pastoral or like it's to do with like farming, like kind of like a farming okay. or natural, but natural kind of pastoral areas. Uh, the bucolic paradise of uh, Bytopia. Uh, touch the souls of the Arlings who have been heavenly, uh, who have the heavenly celestial legacy. The celestial ancestors, uh, staunch defenders of the lawful good planes. Uh, and then the idyllic, the idyllic uh, celestial legacy connects Arlings not only to the beastlands and Bytopia, but also to the eternal compassion of Elysium. Uh, their ancestry uh, are paragons. Their ancestors are paragons of good, of kindness who hail from the neutral planes. Essentially, it's basically you're a good a good creature mm. or rather your your ancestry is related to these upper planes of good um do you take more after the chaotic uh lawful or neutral um ranges um which and we get a similar thing later on we get to tieflings as well because tieflings have a similar thing now where there's three types of tieflings you can be chaotic lawful or neutral um again this is their 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 moral and ethical outlook is self-determined, not necessarily tied to their ancestry. You could be one of the, you could be one of these things and be completely evil as well. You might have a, a an idyllic, uh, kind of neutral good uh, ancestry, but you might have gone completely off the deep end and been a completely evil character or something like that. It's not a phase, um, mom. Sorry. It's not a phase, mom. It's not a phase, mom. The fringe. Um, <laughs> so they can be, uh, they're humanoid. Uh, they can be size, uh, uh, small or medium. Uh, walking feet, walking speed thirty feet. They live to approximately two hundred years on average. Um, as an Arling, you have these special traits. As a bonus action, you can spread spectral wings for a moment to fly up to a number of feet equal to your walking speed. If you are in the air at the end of your movement, uh, you fall if nothing holds you aloft. You can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Um, oh yes, they also get um some spells that they unlock at uh. First level, third level, and fifth level. So celestial um, legacy. Yes. Um. So the, the the these are tied to your legacy. So mm -hmm. the exalted, um, gets thaumaturgy at first level, uh, divine favor, and then lesser restoration. Uh, the heavenly one gets light, cure wounds, and zone of truth, and the idyllic one gets guidance, healing word, and animal messenger. Um, you also have resistance to radiant damage. So, here's the thing, right? About about and I, I'm not I'm not I don't want to diss on them. They're mm -hmm. they're a cool enough race. Um, I find it, they're a strange one that I find kind of hard to place. One, because they feel like they're kind of stepping on the toes of Asimar uh, an awful lot. Asimar can also, are also resistant to Radiant. They get similar, I think they get one or two spells. Do or... Asimars not get Radiant and Necrotic? They do, actually, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then we also have this thing where they get Angelic Flight, and that is also a thing specifically of the 
protector asmr yeah protector yeah um yeah and i'm like it just feels like they are kind of um, to me they kind of just feel sort of like like half asmr but instead of some instead of angelic stuff you get to pick a cool animal head yeah, so here, watch, 30 speed, 30 walking speed, um, you can be medium or small with the ASMR, you have necrotic and um, and radiant damage, mm -hmm. you have dark vision as an ASMR, you don't have dark vision as a... Oh, do you not have dark vision as an ARG? As an play, no. Know. Um, light bearer, you get the light cantrip, mm -hmm. um, celestial revelation is when you pick which of the three, yeah. whether it's... Uh, um, you can heal They're not, they're not called Scourge Protector. They just, they just have the three abilities, and yeah. it's either Necrotic Shroud, Radiant Consumption, or Radiant Soul. But the Radiant Soul is essentially the two wings, because you sprout wings until uh, it's an action, I believe. Yeah. But and you, you can't do it again until you finish a long rest. I think the, but the, they, they, get, they get more flight. Yeah, the delineation would be they, they have actual flight, whereas this is... I, I look at their angelic flight thing more almost like a double jump. Oh yeah, because watch, it's it's actually you fly up a number of feet to your speed. If you are in the air, oh, so that's not even a full flight. That's just yeah, like you can fly for a single boost of speed, and then at the end of your turn or at the end of your movement, you just isn't drop that, to wherever um, you are. Isn't that? Didn't you build a an eagle totem barbarian that could do that as well? Uh yes, it, it's a, I think it's a fourteen level ability yeah. for the eagle totem. But yeah, they can, they they basically I think it's at the end of their turn they drop, but um. Yeah, it's just a weird one. It's like they both have flight abilities. They both have resistance to radiant. It actually honestly seems like Asmar is still substantially better. Yeah, particularly um, because Asmar, Asmar can heal. They have another type of resistance. They have full flight. Um, if you pick their uh, oh, they have healing hands as well. I yeah. forgot about that as well. Yeah, and like at level um, yeah. what a level twenty, for that that's that you can you can twenty heal twenty hit points as an action. Uh, uh, well, no, that's that's the old way. It's it's a oh, it's sorry. like a D four yeah. now. I, I'm, um, I'm looking at my at an old Asimar character sheet I made. That's right. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. It's it's you roll a number of D fours equal to your proficiency, which at twenty level will be sixty four, which is not bad. Which, it's just which yeah, eventually twenty four, so it's even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just weird. And also, like, I look at some of the they has on the table while all the spells there's some suggested animal types that you could have the head of. Yeah. And for exalted, it's cat, eagle, goat, mule. For heavenly, it's yeah, elephant, owl, pig, stork. And for idyllic, like, it's bear, dog, raven, toad. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, is the cat not just a tabaxi, like a heavenly tabaxi? I, I was thinking and that. And like... is the eagle not like a wingless, except for like one or two turns uh, a day? Is the eagle not just an aerocochra that can't fly? Yeah. And is the elephant not just one of the. Uh, um... Laxadon. Laxodons or whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, and same thing with owls for owlin, ravens are are kenku. Um, I don't know what else we have there, but I don't think. Uh, oh, toads are yeah. are more or less um uh, grown. Yeah, you know, it uh, just seems like they're they're a mishmash of a lot of other stuff that doesn't really have its own place. I I yeah. and I already felt like the the role of the the celestial origin bloodline character was being fulfilled by the Asimar and now it seems like they have this other one so our Asimar just like it's like if these are meant to be the counterpoint to the to the tieflings yeah. on, the, on the on the circle of all the planes do are the Asimar just kind of like a side note now they're also there it's like hi oh, I'm, I'm here too guys yeah it's kind of I would if like if you're gonna do that I would have reversed that it would have been like the Asimar are the counterpoint and these guys are like a side offshoot because they yeah yeah it's yeah it just it feels like it's it's a weird one. I don't dislike them, yeah. but I just feel like the Asimar already fulfill that role. Visually, there's a lot of other races that already ha are anthropomorphic characters, and um, 
and mechanically the ASMR is kind of far superior yeah 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 but yeah. well, look I'm, best I'm, get on that uh, best get on that server and notify Crawford yeah <laughs> yeah like I, I, pretty, I try I always try to fill those out particularly if it's something I'm actually interested in and, and I care about changing because it, it does like in my experience with on Articana so far they do seem to respond quite well and quite strongly to like enough feedback oh yeah yeah um I mean, they've been doing it for years now, so I, sh I should hope so. This is true. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to the next yeah, one? I'll jump into Dragonborn really quick there. Dragonborn doesn't change a whole bunch, I don't believe. Uh, yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's literally the exact same almost. Um, except what they don't have included here are obviously the gem dragons, and that's because that is in Monsters of the Multiverse. No, that's in Fizzbands. The... That's in Fizzbands. Yeah, I'm wondering, are they now, and the metallic actually as well. Oh, German no, metallic. No, Meta but... metallic's there. Oh, it is. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, sorry. It's just gem. Just gem in yeah, that case. It's just gem. Um, yeah. So I, I, I am kind <coughs> of. Um, yeah, I don't. It's the, I, I understand why the the fizzbands is is its own beast. Let's mm. let's keep the fizzband stuff specifically there. And it's not like this. This overrides the previous one. I don't think. Because uh, you have damage resistance. You're associated draconic languages. You have your breath weapon. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Dragonborn of Dark Vision. Oh, oh, how did I miss that? Sorry, I just, I think I'm just so used to seeing Dark Vision in the yeah, stat block. in for, every other race. Yeah, Dragonborn actually have Dark Vision now. Mike's going to be so annoyed that he spent an entire campaign making goggles of night vision. <laughs> um, that is... I am, I have mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, I'm like... Yeah, because dragons usually have dark vision or true sight so, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, like if, so if, they should probably have some form of good eyesight. But also, do we need another race with dark vision? Like at this point, yeah, I, I get, I get where that where you're coming from with that. But I do think that them having dark vision absolutely does make sense. Um, given that they're like reptilians and like lots of reptilians will use like heat vision track, like predator style, almost like infrared heat tracking to like track yeah. something. Like, and that that goes. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to. Really, kind of rule Dragonborn and more like like Predator sorry I watched Prey recently and I cannot stop talking about it I'm, I'm, I'm either going to watch it tonight or I'm going to start playing the new Ratchet and Clank game ooh good choice but yeah, um, the, yeah. the breath weapon hasn't changed oh actually one thing I didn't cop there they all oh. breath weapons are cones now Cause, um, cause, interesting. There uh, were previously lines and cones, and even fizzbands I thought gave options for either lines or cones. And no? like sec and then like secondary breath weapons as well. Uh but I, I think that was specific to. Oh. Yeah. So what's the deal here? Because like, like I'm pretty sure like in in fizzbands you could do like dragon breath weapons where you could forego your damaging breath weapon and instead do like a fear breath. Uh, like if I look at the gem ones here, mm. maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing, but I'm looking at the the race as they appear on D and D Beyond, uh, or the ancestry, I should say. Um, yeah, this is interesting. But I'm I'm wondering is is it like. Well, okay, maybe it's this way. Okay, so they're kind of this is essentially meant to supplant the twenty fourteen players handbook. Yeah. Um, are they maybe that I, I I would doubt after such a short time that they're overriding or erasing what was done in Fizzbands. Mm -hmm. 
and more likely, because realistically, they planned these things years in advance. Infizman's only came out last year. Yeah. Uh, so they probably knew they were going to do this and brought Fizzbands out anyway. And now they're saying, hey, look, this will be the Dragonborn that appears in the book, uh, in, in the in the, in the, the yeah. new player's handbook. But if you want to buy Fizzbands and get these additional things as well, yeah. you can do that. They're so maybe the baseline. This is the baseline again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, that being said, um, although, let me see now. Do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe they just want to establish a new baseline but we're still i i, I think i i again i would i'd be very very shocked if they turned around and said that fizzbands was no longer i yeah i really don't yeah. think that's the case I, like I, I think it is much more of a yeah they're just getting they're just getting their other ducks in a row other dragonborn in a row all the dragonborn in a row um yeah okay uh we've gone to the next one i'm excited for the next one. Oh, dwar man dwarves as well um i love dwarves uh yeah, they got man. They got a really nice buff. So, we have uh, a couple of types of dwarf because they've also redone Durgar uh, in Modern Kindness as well, and the Durgar in Modern Kindness is beefy mm. because the the Durgar in Modern Kindness has like poison resistance and psychic resistance, and it's partially psionic, and it has a it's got a load of stuff. Uh, and this, what they've done now is instead of having three separate, uh, again, we're kind of doing rare sub-races, so instead of three separate sub-races of Dwarf, we now just have one type of Dwarf, one type of Durgar. And the type of Dwarf basically rolls hill and mountain into each other. Um, and I'm okay with that because I've always found the difference between yeah, it's hill and mountain to be kind of arbitrary. Arbitrary was the exact word I was going to use for that. Literally making mountains out of a molehill. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So we're hill dwarves. We like being this many meters up. It's like, but we're mountain dwarves. We like being this many meters up. And like, at what point is a hill specifically? Like, are there is are like hill? Is there like hill dwarves and mountain dwarves fighting over the one piece of land? Going, this is the hill. This is a dwarf. This is, this is a, a mountain. <laughs> like, at what? Point? No, look, it comes to a point. It's a mountain. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, man, the uh, the change to stone cunning, I think, is massive. I will say, I I always liked what stone cunning was, anyway. <laughs> Um, I, I just think it's a, it's a fun ability to be able to look at to go over and just go uh, lick a stone and be like oh yeah this granite. was uh, this was carved about half a year ago uh, <laughs> it's made of granite um, the guy who carved it was named Bill um, you know I, I always just thought that was a really fun ability but I, I don't I don't dislike what we get here so basically they've taken the kind of basically they've taken the best of dwarves mm -hmm. and kind of rolled it onto one because. Uh, so you have dark vision. Mm. Uh, you still have dwarven resistance, so resistance to poison and advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end poison, which was updated in um, in Mordenkainen's, I think, as well. Um, they've taken one of the best features that any uh, ancestry has, which is dwarven toughness, because it just gives you an extra hit point <laughs> every level. Um, I love this ability so much. Um, and they've basically just made that part of the main core dwarf now. Um, Forge wise, which is a new ability. The divine creator gave you an uncanny affinity to work with stone, a stone and metal. You gain tool proficiency with two of the following uh, options of your choice: jeweler's tools, mason's tools, smith's tools, or tinkerer's tools. Um, I would also like to maybe see woodworker's tools in there as well, personally, or carver's tools. But that's only because my homebrew world, the three types of dwarf that I have, which are mountain dwarves, sea dwarves, and duragar. Uh, each correspond to a different element. The mountain dwarves are earth, the sea dwarves are wood, and the uh, Durgar are, are like metal. 
Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I, that, that's just me, but anyway, I can hold through that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not worried about that. But I, I might put it in the survey, though. Guys, don't forget, there's a survey. Um, so stone cutting. Uh, previously, stone cutting was you make an intelligence history check uh, on the origin of a stone, or mm. you consider proficient in the history and add double your proficiency bonus on that. Um, now, it's a cool thing that honestly, no other race has this, and I love tremor sense, but mm. no other race has this, so this is really cool. Uh, as a bonus action, you gain tremor sense out of a range of 60 feet for 10 minutes. Uh, you must be on a stone surface or uh, touching a surface, uh, such a surface, to use this tremor sense. And the stone can be natural or worked. Uh, you can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and we can all expand the uses when we finish a long rest. I'm going to build a top bay fong. Oh my god, I character. didn't even think of that. I just thought like it's... dwarves are like the anti rogues now, because you cannot hide. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you can, you can hide from oh, stone from so you, can just, you can just be still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. I mean, you can still move around. Like, it, it basically, because uh, I was looking this up the other night to get a clarification. According to Crawford, you know, the guy who makes all the rules. According to Nerdy Markopis. Yeah, it looks so alike. It's ridiculous. And it doesn't help that Markopis now wears glasses. Yeah, well, like, yeah. It's even closer. Um, but yeah, um, so it basically functions as another form of sight. Mm. And you can fool sight by either being in a place that's too dark where there's not enough light or something like that. In the same way, you can fool um, tremor sense, either by not being on the ground, which would be, the, I guess, the sight equivalent of hiding behind something. Mm. Or uh, if you just move gently enough by rolling, you can roll a stealth check and, and hide on something with tremor sense as well. It just means that you're, instead of hiding behind things or going through the darker part, you can walk directly through a very light area and just be moving very carefully, not not dropping your feet too hard, and that is, so you cancel height from it. But it just means that in a dark room, or someone could cast darkness on you. You could have your sorcerer or your wizard cast darkness on you, oh, and, and you're just matter. in there, blind but oh. tremor sensed. Oh my god! I, like yeah, just, just, just about the top Bayfang one. You're doing uh, shadow monk. There you go. Drop darkness. So action. Broken. Oh, it's so good. You can literally just wander up somewhere, like pummel them in the dark, and they <laughs> pummelings in the <Yeah>. dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's um, it. We'll skip forward just yeah. a little bit more. Uh, okay, elves have not changed drastically. They still have their their trance. They still have mm. their fey ancestry, keen senses. Um, they have their um, dark vision. They have age and everything else is more or less the same yeah uh, weirdly weirdly elves um don't have a height um variation they can't be medium Ooh. or small they can only be medium um that is weird actually yeah it is i guess i'd allow, be... allow someone oh yeah i mean a homebrew but it's nice to see it represented in the in the, in the written content yeah, as well exactly. um then they have their elven lineage which is basically again we're not doing sub races you choose your elven lineage which is mm -hmm. drow high elf or wood elf um they do have a thing now where they have some abilities tied to that. It's very um, like um, the way the old tieflings were set up. Uh, yeah, exactly. So what else? You get a speed increase, 35 feet, which is normal. You also get a druid, craft, cantrip. You learn long strider, third level, and pass without a trace at fifth. Pass without a trace. Oh, Such a broken spell, man. Such a broken spell. Um, high elf, um, you know press the digitation. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace that cantrip with a different cantrip of the arcane spell list. Uh, we'll get onto the arcane spell list in a bit. Yeah. Um, you are third level detect magic at fifth level misty step and the drow third level fairy fire fifth level darkness but oh baby 
120 feet of dark vision, dancing lights cantrip, and no sunlight sensitivity. Finally! What the fuck? I'll, I'll play it right now. <laughs> oh my god, like, it was just such a debilitating ability. It, it was never worth the 120 feet of dark vision. It was never worth it. No, it was... Yeah. Cause... And also, does this now work with um, the ranger subclass? Oh, the Grimstalker? Do, oh, can you have like 150 feet? feet of dark vision? Oh my god. I need to check this. Oh, I need to I'm check this. so building a drow gloomstalker at some point. Uh, oh yeah, it does. Because the way it's phrased here, uh, third level you gain dark vision up 60 feet. If you already have dark vision uh, from your race, its range is increased by 30 feet. That's 150 feet of dark vision. <laughs> that's a, that's a longbow's short range of dark vision. <laughs> Dude, like that's what gloomstalker is going to be so like. Longbow short range, and I have full vision in pitch black, like basically. Yeah. Well, not that pitch black, but the dwarf breathed so loud we could have shot him in the dark. Oh god, how did I should. I was watching it. the second half of Fellowship. I should have seen that coming. I have the ears <laughs> of a fox. Um. um <laughs> yeah, sorry, do you want to do, you want to do gnomes? Yeah, yeah, I will. Okay. Um. So gnomes. Uh, gnomes, humanoids again. Uh, only small size for gnomes, which does make sense because gnomes are classically small. Mm -hmm. um, uh, speed 30 feet which is good uh, after they changed that fairly recently where the smaller races no longer have races with smaller ancestries no longer have that penalty to their speed which I yeah they used to be 25 that are all 30 yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'm happy about that to be honest I, I feel like I, I get it because you're small but like still you know it never bothered it, was never, it, would, it would never have been like top of my list to change but I also think that it's a nice buff it's a nice like, quality of life is what it is yeah yeah exactly yeah uh lifespan 425 years on average which is weirdly specific uh, uh yeah as a no uh as a no weekly special traits dark vision as per usual no cunning stays yes advantage on intelligence wisdom and charisma saves bring out the known barbarians <laughs> uh no lineage uh you're part of a gnomish lineage to grant you supernatural abilities choose a lineage from you got your forest gnome your rock gnome and oh yeah sorry uh the deep gnome, as um, this Snuff Levelin appears in Morden Kind, and says, like the like the regard as like a standalone. Yes, yes, thank you very much. For, I completely forgot about that. Uh, so for forest gnome lineage, you know minor illusion, uh, and you can cast speak with animals uh, with the same trait, which is really cool. Um, and you can cast it a number of times if you proficiency bonus and regain all expended on long rests. And you can also importantly, and I like that they're including this the clarification, you can use any. Uh, spell slots you have to cast a spell it doesn't have to be specifically the one type to this yeah. which in certain which in previous cases it has been um, we've seen that trend over the past like couple of years which is, is a direction I'm glad they're going in just yeah. mechanically it, make, it makes sense that if you can do it once you can do it again yeah. with additional spell slots yeah um, and then with Rock Gnome you know Mending and Prestidigitation which are both very solid like I like Mending I don't, I don't think Mending gets enough credit yeah. Um, in addition, this is really cool. It's like small, but I like it. I just like because it's like the tinkery kind of like I make loads of like small little things. But uh, in addition, you can spend ten minutes casting Prestidigitation to create a tiny clockwork device, AC five, one HP, such as a toy, a fire starter, or a music box. Um, that's so cool. I love that the kind of like little tinker or inventor or kind of type thing. Um, you don't have this already, no? I think oh I think they had something similar, but I still maybe really maybe this it. is more fleshed out. Yeah, um, so I cast it. It takes ten gold pieces um, to cast the spell in that way, but you do, uh, and that's to represent material cost and they specifically like strings, gears, and the like. <laughs> so just like yeah, you just cobble together a bunch of like this is your MacGyver. You just cobble together a bunch of random crap and you make a, a noisemaker, um, but you get that back. 
Which is nice. It's a nice little thing. Um, and then you basically choose one effect made by prestidigitation to replicate with that thing. Uh, and you can have three of those in existence at a time, and each one dismantles itself after eight hours. Um, and you can, you, can, you can also touch it and dismantle it as an action, and that's when you get, uh, at any time it's dismantled, that's when you get the ten gold pieces back. Um, let's see here, I don't... It, that, that's an update on, that's a, they did already have that ability, but it looks like they've refined the language and done a bit more clarification and stuff on it. Yeah, um, a lot of this changes to stuff that's like smoothing out and like quality of life. And like yeah, that, exactly. Massively yeah. substantial, but just like nice, good changes. Um, Agreed. Halfling. Um, do you want to take Halfling or should I? Uh, I'll go, yeah. Uh, halfling is, is uh, honestly straightforward enough, um, except that similarly they have rolled Stout and Lightfoot into the same mm -hmm. uh, thing. Again, honestly fine with that i've always found the distinction between the two of them to be in my in my homebrew world they're like the stout halflings are like the halflings that are like settled and the lightfoot halflings are the the nomadic halflings but uh, again I, I never felt like they were they were overtly uh different uh also yeah but lightfoot has the naturally stealthy thing mm -hmm. stout has the resilience to poison we don't have the resilience to poison. This is actually essentially just a, a light foot. It looks like the stout is more or less kind of gone. Yeah. Um, brave, you'd advance on same throws against being frightened. That was already there. Happy, nimble, you can move to a space of a creature one size larger than you. Um, lucky, um, when you roll a one on a d20 of a d20 test, there it is again, uh, you can reroll the die, you must choose a new one, and naturally stealthy. Um, honestly, very straightforward. Not a whole lot to the to the, the halfling updates. Um, but also, like I, I never again, I, I never felt like halfling were a particularly flawed uh, ancestry yeah. that needed a lot of. They were always they were always pretty solid. And people like playing hobbits, so yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, people always I, play them I, anyway. I can hear the talking as they come in, Connor. You can't call it. I mean, anymore. I I said I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm such a big fan of the orc changes. Oh my god, the orc changes are awesome, and I find it hilarious uh, that he yeah. was halfling and following on their heels are orcs. <laughs> Yeah, true actually, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so awesome. you, yeah, you go, you go. So yeah, orcs, um, humanoid, and they're, again, you only have the medium size, so it's 6 to 7 feet tall, uh, 30 feet of speed, 80 years lifespan, where it gets really cool, and all the new stuff is uh, Adrenaline Rush, which was an ability they had previously, but it functioned differently, I believe. Yeah, so I think previously it used to be that you could take a bonus action to dash as long as you move in the direction of another creature. It was an enemy specifically, I believe, wasn't it? Specifically an enemy, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you can take the dash action as a bonus action, which is sick. Uh, when you do so, you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to proficiency bonus, which is also really sick. And then you can use that proficiency times a day and you gain all your, your uses of a back in long rest. So by 20th level, you can do this six times a day. Yeah, that's really cool. And honestly, that that ability, because when it, when it was the... When it was the you could dash, but you have to dash towards your enemy, mm -hmm. that was so indicative of a melee fighter you know martial character um which is very kind of like pigeonholy for yeah. for these for orcs uh but now it's like you know you can dash anytime and if you're dashing and get a 10 hp bonus because you're charging in that's great but if you're dashing to get away from something you could do with the extra 10 hp so it, it, it functions whether you're trying to dash through a dangerous room and and you need the extra hp whether you're dashing to get away from something and you need to stay conscious and and not have dropped to zero hit points or whether you're dashing and getting 10 hp because you know you're going to get hit because you're charging right up on this monster it's got way more versatility and it doesn't it doesn't specify toward or not towards like orcs as as strictly um aggressive uh characters and stuff like that as well aggressive yeah, exactly. uh 
savage characters and stuff like that. Yeah, and then the rest of the orc stuff is pretty much the same as you as it was previously. You've got dark. Did the orcs have dark vision before? I think orcs they did. had dark vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so dark vision. You have your power, so you can see in dark uh, range sixty feet only. They don't get quite as a uh, OP as some of the other ones with their dark vision with the elves. Um, powerful builds. Uh, no. Uh, so you count as one size larger for your standard push, pull, drag, lift. Um, and then uh, relentless endurance. Similarly, again, when you reduce the hero zero hit points, but not outright killed, you can come back to at one hit point instead and you can only use this uh, once per long rest which is an which is another interesting one but i understand why because that's a very powerful ability but if they could do that any any more that would be stepping on the toes of the barbarian ability i think that was uh it. yeah oh, the, the, yeah exactly and, and an interesting point to make about the orcs they had a very interesting development history in 5e um because with the half orc we originally got in the 2014 book that half orc was it was a, a good class it was actually a very good class to play there or that class i am um, race at the time now ancestry we're calling it ancestry technically wizards are still calling it race but i yeah. i'm gonna i'm i'm doing the survey this evening Mark. god help me um but yeah so now so they they were a solid mechanically solid solid one to play uh, there was a lot of problematic language with regards to them and how it represented their, their there, people. There were some their troubling ancestry. implications. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and uh, so now, well, uh, so we had them. Then we got the orc orc, mm -hmm. uh, the full blood orc, if you will, in Volo's Guide, uh, which was the only race at the time and since that had a negative stat modifier as part of its race, which is a minus one to intelligence. Yeah. Um, then it was either in Eberron, definitely in Wildmount, possibly in Eberron as well. They basically republished that exact same orc from Volo's Guide, but just without the minus one ability. Um, and now in the most recent version of orcs we got, I can't remember when, I, I want to say maybe, was that in Mordenkainen's? We got a more recent version, because they, they didn't, for a long time, full blood orcs for some reason didn't have Relentless Endurance, which to me was... Like, the... where, where did the half-orcs get it from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That seemed like the most orc kind yeah. of thing you could think. And then, um, so, and then they got it, and uh, in the most recent review of the orc, the orc got that, as well as powerful build and a bunch of other stuff. And at a certain point, it's like, there is basically no difference at this point between a half-orc and an orc. Mm. So let's just call them orcs. Yeah. Um, which, if you don't mind me taking a quick tangent, because I know we're kind of, we got about I... 15 minutes odd left. Go ahead. Um, they, so this is an interesting thing because half orcs and, the, and half elves no longer appear in this list. We got to the final one in the middle, which is uh, tieflings. Yes. Um, half orcs and half elves no longer appear in the list of uh, of base races, um, because they are redesigning how these um, we we'll call them dual ancestry um, yeah. race or peoples uh, uh, work. Mixed ancestry. Uh, and, so mixed ancestry. Yeah. Um, and that is that. Um, basically you can play any combination of anything um where you might have an elven parent and a gnomish parent or you might have a human parent oh, and an orc parent i want to do a tiefling asimar combo where like you, uh, where you're that like, would be metal as fuck where you have like one horn that comes out and like oh god oh there's a guy oh, have you ever seen sky oh. high this is such a damn tangent have you ever seen sky high hang on, hang on. uh no i haven't Okay, it's it's a superhero. It's a really cheesy teen superhero movie about um about a, a floating high school where all the superheroes' kids go because obviously oh. when superheroes have kids with other superheroes, they there's, all have powers. There's a really obvious um uh, anime reference for this. So go ahead. So uh they 
they go to the school and, and they the kind of like angsty leather jacket wearing. I'm literally bad boy. looking at this lad right now. I, I Google Sky High. Uh, I can see him. What's his What's his name, Martin? Can you see his name? Uh, I, one second. Where is he? I, I, I want to say I want to set this up. His dad is a super villain, and his mom is a superhero. And what's his name? One second. I'm scrolling through the. <laughs> Warren Peace. His name is Warren Peace. I immediately thought of that when you were like, I would have played ASMR Tiefling, and I'm like, that's like Warren Peace, because that's where my mind goes to the, I don't know what that is, like 2012 movie? And yeah, oh. Uh, oh god, no. I, I, no, way old, you know, is it 2004 maybe? Maybe. 2005. Ah, oh, so close. Yeah. Um, no, but I had a yeah. when, when I thought of it there I just had a vision in my head of like uh, like this like golden haired like pure pale skin um, like Asimar type look but then they've like got one horn like popping out red like proper ram curling horn they've got like one black mm. what, like one red eye or something and like a fang here and so, uh, or like or like Malekith um, in uh, in Thor um, not the terrible movie but the actual combo character is really really cool um yeah, it's oh god, that's it's cool. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I entirely. Yeah. And oh, the other really obvious rare thing was the man from My Hero Academia who's half fire, half ice. Uh, I've not seen it, but I will. I will. He's, trust you he's literally that's got white hair and red hair, and he's got like oh, okay. he's got like a Zuko scar, and and his left side is because they all uh, super superpowers called quirks, and like his yeah. dad had one of had the strongest or like one of the strongest, or I think it might have been the strongest fire quirk, so he intentionally found a woman with an ice quirk. So he could have a right. kid um, that, because if he uses his fire powers too much, he basically overheats. So he intentionally had a child with a woman with ice powers so that, so, and kept yeah, having balance. kids with her until he had a kid. It's kind of messed up. Until he had a kid who, uh, and it, that's part of the story, until he had a kid who was half hot, half cold. And this guy called Toraki, yeah. and he can do use ice, crazy ice powers with his left hand and like fire with his right. That's pretty cool. Um, so there is this uh, little uh, text box great text box mm -hmm. called children of different humanoid uh, kinds um and basically what they say and i should really preface this because there's been a lot of talk about this online and the language to this isn't super isn't a hundred percent there yeah um there's still some phrasings about how they talk about these people of like uh, mixed uh, heritage and stuff mm -hmm. like that and it doesn't come out a hundred percent great it's not terrible and i definitely feel like the inclusion of this where we can have people and characters in this world who have parents of different ancestries is a big step in the right direction um just not a hundred percent there um quite um uh, but anyway um mechanically the way it works is that you pick your two races uh you know your your, your mother and your and your father and, mm -hmm. and whatever you know um and you basically just choose one of the mechanical stat blocks for them so if you want to do orc elf, mm. um, you can literally be like, I'm just going to pick an orc stat block. That's the stat block I'm using. But physically, my character looks like an elf, like a regular look enough elf. He's quite broad, maybe, and he has like like very very small tusks. But that's it. Other than that, he looks like an elf with pointed ears mm. and 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 blonde hair and stuff like that. And um, so you can mix and match, uh, the the that you say here, you can mix and match visual characteristics, color, ear shape, uh, and the like of those two options. For example, if your character is a halfling and gnome parent, they might have to choose halfling for your game traits and then decide that your character has the pointed ears that are characteristic of a gnome. And then they also say, finally, you determine the average uh, age of your lifespan just by um, adding the two together and taking the average. 
Uh, so if you have an elf that lives to be uh, 800, and then you have uh, an orc that lives to be about 100 odd, um, then your character would have to be approximately 400 and something. A, a dragonborn orc would be really cool. A dragonborn orc would be very cool. Um, but yeah, so that's, again, I, I do feel like this is a really, it's a really good step. It's a really solid improvement on the representation of ancestries and stuff in D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not perfect, and I do feel that, you know, maybe maybe for this game where we roll dice um, and pretend to be fictional characters and cast spells out of our hands mm -hmm. and all these goofy things that we do, maybe we're not going to solve the issue of, like, heritage in the real world through this medium. Yeah. But it's still, I do still think that this is a positive, even if it's not 100% on the money yeah. it is a, po a positive move in the right direction yeah um for sure yeah um but yeah um do you want to do tiefling yeah tiefling i think will be our will end up being our final one for the for this video as well i'd say yeah um remember and, at the start of the video and we were like we won't have time to go through all these races and then we just went through all the races yeah we just did we just did <laughs> our ancestry, there's, sorry. There's, a, there's a lot of cool stuff in this there is a lot of cool and, stuff and, and, and we're even condensing a lot of it it's just we're also getting stuck on tangents and we spent 20 minutes talking about lord of the rings but Martin, Sky High is just such a good movie. I know, movie. War and Peace. War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, we'll get back to this. So, Tieflings. Um, so, very much the same kind of, like, lore background where your 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 origins come from the lower planes. You've got some kind of demonic blood in you. Um, and they've done the same thing as all the others, but they've got, instead of, like, all the various different versions you could have um, outside of, uh, I believe it's Mordenkind and... The, the Mordenkind, it would be the Monsters of Multiverse, but it would be the original, the OG Mordenkind's book. Um, that has the stuff about the blood war between the demons and the, and the devils and all that in it. Um, but you have three basic um, legacies, is what they're calling them. For the tiefling, you have Abyssal, Chthonic, and Infernal. Uh, in Abyss Abyssal, Tieflings, the heartless entry of the Abyss, the howling chaos of Pandemonium, and the vast despair of Carceral, call to Tieflings, who have the Abyssal fiendish legacy. Horns, fur, tusks, black blood, and peculiar odours are common physical features of, of such tieflings. I assume they mean like you smell like brimstone, but I heard yeah. that I heard that and I was like, geez, you smell like shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I would think like you smell like smoke or smell like brimstone yeah, or something yeah. like that. Or sulfur. Or sulfur. Um, this way, doesn't brimstone smell like... Sulfur. Like bad, like bad eggs or whatever? Yeah, sulfur. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ideally, you should smell like smoke. Yeah, really. Um, uh, Oh, it'd be cool. Yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. That's, I'm not going to get into because that's just me spiraling off into another tangent. We don't have much time. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, you basically, they specifically call out most of uh, and peculiar orders common physical features amongst such tieflings, most of whom have the blood of demons coursing through their veins. Then we have Chthonic uh, tieflings. Uh, Chthonic tieflings are tieflings who have Chthonic fiendish legacy, but not only feel the tug of Carceri, but also the greed of Gehenna and the underworld gloom of Hades. Some of these tieflings look cadaverous, others possess the unearthly beauty of an incubus or a succubus, or they have physical features in common with a night hag Yugoloth or some other neutral evil fiendish ancestor. It reminds me, Yugoth, those are like the fox demons, right? Uh, they're fiends. one of them, yeah. Um, they, they're, they're basically the neutral fiends yeah. that are like mercenaries in the war between uh, uh, devils and demons. Yeah, they're... They're li they, some, oh, some look like foxes. One of them yeah. has a guy with like a really big hand and yeah, one yeah. tiny hand. Uh, one of them looks like just one of them are like a really disgusting warty insect, insectoidish almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is insectoidish. Yeah, there's a fox one. Yeah. There's one that looks straight up like an alien. Like it looks like Abe from Abe's Odd World. Like yeah, 
But I, I like that, particularly in the call out, you can be like, you can look like a night hag or something like that. I like that they're kind of giving yeah. you extra things to cue off them. And then you have the Infernal, which is very much your traditional tiefling. Is that the Infernal mm-hmm. Fiendish legacy by its tieflings by blood, not only to Gehenna, but also the raging battlefields of Acheron and the diabolical nine hells, horns, spines, tails, golden eyes, and a faint odor of sulfur. So if these guys smell like sulfur, what do the other lads smell like? <laughs> I never, jeez, I never thought I'd be asking that question. What is D and D my life? What, what does my D and D character smell like? Oh, mine probably like ale and old leather. Uh, I, I was honestly gonna say for Log, probably Bo. Oh. <laughs> Log, Log, Log looks like he exercises a lot, but doesn't necessarily like oh. hit the showers. Uh, w- like he'll hit the showers yeah. when he gets a chance, but it's not top of his priority list. I, I wish I could argue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is uh, those are the most common. I do like that they have golden eyes. It's really cool. Um, and then yeah. uh, tiefling. Uh, and that's going to be very tiefling traits. And jeez, I almost forgot about that. So very similar. Uh, nicely for t- if you want to be a, a short king tiefling, you can you can be a, a small tiefling. You don't you don't have just have to medium. Uh, Thirty feet of speed, hundred year lifespan on average, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sneeze in the next thirty seconds. I'm going to do my best and not get it like right into the mic and blow everyone's ear. Yeah. Out. But it's going to Ideally. happen, apologies. Um, you have Dark Vision, uh, a Fiendish Legacy, um, which are your uh, your three Divas, Lycathonic and Infernal. Um, and I'll get onto them in just a second because they have a similar setup to the way Elves have. Uh, and then you have Otherworldly Presence, you know, Thaumaturgy, um, and you, you can cast that, which is something you always kind of had as a tiefling, I believe. Thaumaturgy yeah, is they always specify in, in a similar way to other abilities that it's tied to whatever ability score you choose for it basically mm. so if you're because previously i think it was charisma but if you're playing a wizard you can now choose to have it be tied to your intelligence yes. not that it matters a whole lot for thaumaturgy i don't think no but, not really but uh, it's, um, it's, it's still yeah. nice uh but yes so where the fiendish le- legacies get into things mechanically rather than just uh, aesthetically uh, as they kind of were described there for your if you're a abyssal legacy at first level you have a resistance to poison damage and you also know poison spray uh, at third yeah. level you get ray of sickness and at fifth level you get hold person uh, the Chthonic, yeah, like tanky things because you have fire yeah. resistance and poison resistance, two of the most common damage types in the game. Uh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't carry. No, you don't get fire. Oh, sorry. That yeah. Fire is specifically part of the infernal. That's one. like th- there's like three different versions of tiefling fighting it out in my memory right now for which one's got to come. Yeah, out there's, a, there's a lot. There was like a regular tiefling, then the flying tiefling came out by itself, yeah. and then the other like eight tieflings that are part of the subplanes came out by themselves, and then we have this tiefling now yeah. so we've got a lot of tieflings uh for chthonic you have resistance to necrotic damage you also and you also know chill touch uh at third level you get false life and at fifth level you get ray of enfeeblement uh for infernal resistance to fire damage your traditional uh tiefling resistance and you also know firebolt which is useful um like you, that, that's that i think that's really cool if you want to play like a melee tiefling um, you now have like a spell range option which is pretty useful just just to have in your back pocket yeah, yeah and then you have the traditional hellish rebuke and darkness spells that normally come along with your tiefling ancestry um in well as it's written now um i'm actually like a really big fan of tiefling like i, I always like, i always like tiefling tiefling's pretty metal who doesn't want to be demon blood like it's yeah it's pretty cool but like i yeah very very much like there's not i suppose they are kind of big changes but like they're not they haven't like completely rewrote the book on tiefling everything they've changed feels very much in the spirit of what a tiefling is and what it has been previously it's just kind of more streamlined and smoothed down and i would say that for for all of these things to be honest i think all of them are um all the changes that they've had to all of these ancestries now is like 
it's they're not like you said they're not rewriting the book it's more like they're reshuffling the book it's like a lot of the stuff we see here has already been there it's just been there in a different order or part of a sub race or, or like a sub race or whatever and now they're just consolidating those into mm. uh into different into, into more set um ancestries um but giving you options within those set ancestries which i think is cool i like that you can have um tiefling that it has either poison necrotic or fire resistance um fire, fire resistance all scrapes it's one of the most common damage types but uh, so is poison and the necrotic is just it's just cool through like you know resistant to necrotic yeah yeah you, like you cannot kill me <laughs> like that, yeah yeah that i am death oh god it's so cool um yeah it's i'm like a really big fan of a lot of these changes um and particularly yeah. some of the more significant ones uh, like generally speaking, i mean with all of these ancestry changes and stuff like that uh, but uh, yeah i man i uh, all right martin quick one for you so okay uh of what we've covered today uh which is mostly the races yeah uh the ancestries i should say um i'll get there guys it's just it, i've been saying this language for like eight years um so i'm gonna, I'm gonna say unprogram myself um for what we've seen of all these today what is your favorite one and what is your least favorite one okay i'm I, i'm gonna say my least favorite first because it's the one it's one of the ones where i don't really understand where it fits in and you're gonna think you're gonna be able to guess and it's the ardling yeah um also, also my least favorite yeah and like and again not because there's anything wrong wrong with it but just because i feel like it's already ticking some boxes that we already had ticked you know i yeah i nearly feel like you could have made that a fourth celestial revelation for asmer uh yeah exactly yeah very easily or like it could have been i don't know it could have been some other form of higher mm. celestial blooded being but now instead it's kind of like it's a, yeah, it just feels like everything about it is, you know, we have three versions of it. Mm -hmm. One that's good, like chaotic good, um, neutral good. I suppose, actually, do you know what I think about it? I suppose when you look at the way the Asimar were previously, you had the protector, which was like the lawful good. Mm -hmm. And then you had the scourge, which was like chaotic good. kind of chaotic neutral almost. Yeah. And then you have, oh, and what was the last one then? The uh, that is the fallen. Fallen. Which was kind of like the darker evil version then. So I guess if if the Ardlings are like if we're looking at the circle, mm. that is the the um the planes, if the Ardlings spread across there of all the good, and then the tieflings spread all down here, then the Asimar form kind of a line down the middle where it's like good, neutral, evil. Yeah, they're not even necessarily evil either. It's more like it's more so if you want to be Well yeah, but it's it's more so that's what their ancestry yeah uh was or they they, they kind of come from that mm. so yeah I, I i don't know maybe yeah yeah uh, i i feel like that's me it but yeah so I would... it's very much uh it I, I just don't get it i don't i don't see it it steps on the toes mm. of the other anthropomorphic races that are in the game that already take on some of these forms it it takes a lot of stuff from i'm confused the Asimar, like... but not nearly as well i'm confused why they didn't put in like uh for the Arctic. i'm gonna get onto that's answering the question you actually asked me in a second but um when when they mentioned they're from the planes i was expecting some quattle thing like you could be like an awesome like winged serpent like yeah i'm tr like there's there's honestly a bunch of stuff you could have done yeah i would have liked to see like some sort of maybe elemental some sort of like radiant light elemental kind of creature would have been interesting you know uh, then maybe it's a bit more spell jammery but yeah. anyway uh so your 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 favorite then oh the favorite one is a little harder to pick because like Dwarves, el I really like what they did with dwarves. I really like what they did with elves. And uh, after reading it over again, I actually really like what they did with tieflings. Like, tiefling is actually like, I'm like, Jesus, is my next character going to be a tiefling? 
Um, so uh, yeah. I'm kind of like, hmm, interesting, because I've never played it to you. Uh, not even in one shot. Uh, so I'm very curious. Um, uh, do you know what? It's got to be elves, just because they got rid of sunlight sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be elves, and that drow gloom stalker with 150 feet of dark vision is nuts. 150 feet of dark. Sniper rifle. Bolt action, then. Just immediately there, turn yourself into like the white death from from uh, World War Two. That like Finnish guy who like sniped a, a ridiculous amount of people. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I like I said, I think uh, the Ardling, Just because I don't, I don't see the piece doesn't fit neatly in with the puzzle of mm-hmm. what D and D is right now. Uh, my two favorites, and partially mechanically. Mm-hmm. One so yeah, so dwarf is my top. Very close behind is orc, yeah. um, and for the reasons that they are both mechanically very sound, I love the stone cutting ability. Um, but also because if I was going to write a list of all the stuff I want to keep for dwarves, this would be it. Mm. If I was to look at the two dwarves that we had, mountain and hill, and I'm like, what do I want to keep out of this? This is a one for one of what I would have chosen to keep. And I would have ditched the other stuff. I would have ditched the dwarves. What? Bagpipe proficiency. Bagpipe proficiency, yeah. <laughs> um, what? And also, the reason I like them as well is because my, um, in my homebrew world, I I was struggling to make half orcs and orcs fit mm-hmm. as as a culture, and I would just be like, no, they're all orcs now. It's all orcs. Let's just go. And then also, dwarves. Again, I also found the difference between hill and mountain to be very arbitrary. Yeah. So, uh, but I, but I, I still divided them up. Like my mountain dwarves do this, and my hill dwarves do this, and now I'm like, no, they're just dwarves, and they're just two separate cultures within the same ancestry. Yeah. Um, which sh- it just fits like ni- completely by accident, but it fits really nicely into my homebrew world. So that's why I like it. No, that's. that's uh, but Martin. Yes, Connor. That is all the time we have for today. Nice. Uh, so after saying we would get into the race, so we basically did a very the ancestors that we did a very. Uh, well not very in depth but we did a fairly decent uh, like detailed breakdown of the changes and stuff like that um, I think we're, we're going to continue this discussion into next week's yeah, episode where we're going to be talking about uh, the backgrounds the feats associated with the backgrounds and as well I think some of the rule changes and that specifically some of the wording of the rule changes we're probably going to get some spicy takes as well um, yeah. I would imagine but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that that would be fun same uh, realistically, by the time we're done talking about this on the podcast, the next UA will probably be. I don't know, I think next is actually October or something like that. Ah, so we have fine. a while. We have a while. We have, yeah. we have some time. Yeah. We got some time. Um, so if you have any stories like us to share, topics you would like us to cover, or. Uh, no, wait. Stories like us to share, topics like us to cover. That's it. Yep. I'm still getting back into it. Um, please tweet us at Mike Flares Pod mm-hmm. on Twitter. You can find our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor Breaker, and Radio Republic. Martin, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet on Twitter at so sorry it's over. Um, and also on the podcast Twitter account kind of mentioned there at Mike Flair's Pod, both of which should be in the bottom right hand corners of the screen or in our windows underneath our names. Um, Connor, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at zero point Connor Z E R O P O Y N T C O N O R one n very important i remember this week um and other than that you can find me every friday here on the mike flares podcast 6 p.m irish time on all the aforementioned platforms guys thank you so much for joining us we are really excited about all these changes coming to to dnd and to see what else they kind of have in the upcoming uh the upcoming uas as well until next time uh thank you so much for joining us and we hope you all have a nice uh, nice weekend it's good to be back we'll see you later Bye bye